we thought, okay, let's get a couple of one bedroom. And after 45 years old, I'm 43 years old, still a couple of months to 44 years old. I was thinking, okay, when we are, I'm 45 and we can go back to the south of Turkey, have a graveyard, produce wine, and we can get rent from Istanbul. Mm. Yeah, we can get rent. That's <laughs> correct, but it's 50% less now. Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk. But to win big, you've got to reduce it. And I bet you're exposed to investment risk right now. To reduce it, go to myworstinvestmentever.com and download the risk reduction checklist I've made specifically for you, my podcast listeners, based on the lessons I've learned from all of my guests. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Academy. And I'm here with featured guest, Ibrahim Kajagos. Ibrahim, can you take a moment and say hi to the audience? Hello. Good morning from Thailand. Yes. In fact, we have that in common. We're both All in right. beautiful Bangkok, Thailand. Let me ask you one very, very important question. Are you ready to rock? I am. All right. So let me introduce you to the audience. Ibrahim is the technical director of Sodexo Thailand, responsible for innovation, smart city and systems, and sustainability. Prior to joining Sodexo, Ibrahim worked as a smart city project manager in Qatar for almost seven years. He received a bachelor's degree in electronics engineering from the University of Istanbul in 2004. Ibrahim has more than 15 years experience at urban development, oil and gas fields, industrial projects, where he has excelled at engineering, construction, commissioning, research, development, management, especially for systems, integration, instrumentation, and control systems, and sustainability. Ibrahim, take a moment and fill any further tidbits about your life. Thank you very much, Andrew. Since almost three years, I'm in Thailand as a technical director, as you highlighted already. I'm working here for a couple of mega projects. Most of the people, they knew Sodexo as a food catering company. However, we are strong, worldwide strong. We are one of the biggest companies in the world in terms of facility management, security management, housekeeping, etc. So my basic role is here to provide smart solutions to increase our efficiency of the operation. And I was in the Middle East for 10 years, as you already mentioned about the Qatar. I was smart city project manager over there almost seven years. And before I was in the Russia and a couple of countries around Russia, Kazakhstan, Turkmenistan for oil and gas projects, because my expertise is about systems, communicating different systems to each other. Uh, I mean, providing communication platform, actually. I'm engineer, I'm an electronics engineer. And before outside of Turkey, I was in Istanbul. I was working for Motorola for the GSM sector. And actually, I'm uh, from north part of Turkey, from Samsung. But I moved to the Istanbul for the education, for the university. Then I started my career. Mm. Fascinating. I mean, those are some interesting places. And it's also interesting. I mean, I know a little bit about Sodexo. But like you said, I know kind of the food aspect of Sodexo. But then you've talked about really so many different services that the company provides to 
companies, factories, facilities. That's pretty awesome. I also wanted to say that my niece, Kristen, she's just turning 30 and she called me or sent me a message many years ago to tell me I'm going on my summer holiday at our university and I'm going to Turkey. And I said, if you go to Turkey, I'm flying there to spend some time with you because it's kind of halfway between, let's say, the U.S. and Thailand. And so I flew to Turkey. Now, that I contacted a couple of Thai companies that have operations there. One is called Polyplex and the other one is called CP Foods. So I arranged to go visit their factories in the two cities, very opposite directions, actually. One day we went to one and I brought my niece and the next day we went to another. And then we went to a town called Iznik. Bursa, yes. Where the CP is. Yes. And, and there I just had this really great experience. There was a, a Turkish guy and I, my niece and I had finished our factory visit. We were walking around like the town square and this guy came up to me and says, hey, we're going to have a festival of dancing, of ethnic dancings from around the region. I was like, wow. And he said, come join. And he set us down in the front row. And then we enjoyed these amazing dancers, Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan, and many other places. Beautiful outfits, of course, in Turkey also. And it was just such a great time. And the funny thing was that the guy said, he said, where do you live? And I said, well, I'm American, but I live in Thailand. He says, I go to Thailand all the time. He says, I have a travel business and I'm back and forth with Thailand. And so he and I have become friends over the years and have maintained that friendship. So I had such a great time there in Turkey and I really would love to get back. So that's my little story about Turkey. Okay, so that sounds very nice. Uh, <laughs> exciting also. Yeah. In fact, Kazakhstan is another place, you know, I'd love to go to and I just haven't had time to go, but I just think at some of those, you know, countries like Kazakhstan and Uzbekistan and some of those have some really rich history and just some, some fascinating things that I want to go see, you know, related to, for instance, the Silk Road and, and other things like that. So, and Russia too, I have some great friends through CFA in the chartered financial analyst community living in Russia. And I've talked to them before that I'd love to go. So I, I'm jealous that you've been to some of the places I want to go. <laughs> yeah, actually, one of my plans before the COVID, we were planning with my wife to take a Siberian Express from Europe. Yeah, actually, it's a good idea, you know, I mean, Andrew, and can go all through these countries. And plus, of course, you need to have a time. Actually, you can work online also when yeah. you're traveling. Yeah, it should be a good idea. And you can go all the way to these countries, Mongolia. I think you can include others also like China, etc. It would be nice. Yeah, that's a great idea. And I remember... I went to China when China opened up a train going from Beijing to Guangzhou and now it goes into Hong Kong. That train opened, I don't know, five or six years ago. And I was there on the third day of opening wow. and I took the train with a friend speed of mine. Train. Yeah. Speed train. And it took, I think it was like nine hours from Beijing to Guangzhou. And as I told my, my family and friends in America, it was like waking up for breakfast in Maine in the North east of america getting on a train having breakfast getting on a train and having dinner in disney world in florida <laughs> <laughs> which is hard to believe for an american because we just don't have those kind of train systems so that was pretty remarkable all right so anyways well now it's time to share your worst investment ever and since no one ever goes into their worst investment thinking it will be tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it and then tell us your story. Thanks, Andrew. I thought it would be the best investment, 
which became worth investment after a couple of years, it's real estate. Real estate, what does mean apartments, I can tell you honestly. When I was, of course, I mean, when we are doing big investments, we are always discussing with my wife where to invest because it's a common life. So we said, okay, real estate, stable, it will gain in the future. But it didn't happen. What happened? Because of the currency, the investment was in Istanbul, basically, I can tell you. Because of the currency, of course, we lost. The value of the apartment is lost. Okay, it recovers after a couple of years. It can recover, definitely. But the issue is not about the capital that you put it there. Because when we were planning to invest to buy a real estate, I mean, buy a condo, apartment, we thought, okay, let's get a couple of one bedroom. And after 45 years old, I'm 43 years old, still a couple of months to 44 years old. I was thinking, okay, when we are, I'm 45 and we can go back to the south of Turkey, have a graveyard, produce wine, and we can get rent from Istanbul. Mm. Yeah, we can get rent. <laughs> That's correct, but it's 50% less now because inflation will go up. It's going up already. Right. And uh, of course, so it means I was expecting a income from there. We were expecting. So we lost 50, 50 is, is a big value actually. So now, and the value of the apartment also, if you want to sell, there are many, plenty. Bunch of apartments, villas all over the world actually, not only in Istanbul, mm. in Thailand also. I think everywhere there is a construction now. They are building new, new buildings, houses. And of course, it's not easy to sell with the same value. So you are losing value from there also. So we buy Istanbul because we were thinking it's easy to manage. It's our home country. It could be Istanbul. It could be any city in Turkey. But we said Istanbul because by renting an apartment in Istanbul, you can live anywhere as in Turkey. It was also wrong because there is another city in Turkey, Izmir. It became more popular in the last couple of five years. And the rent incomes much, much better in Istanbul. <laughs> So all the analysis that I done, well, I didn't do analysis. This is the biggest problem, I think. I mean, analysis is just thinking, uh, assumption. Mm. So you, we shouldn't do the investment, investment with the assumptions. I mean, we buy, okay, a couple of small things, maybe mobile phone to sell later on, etc. But buy a condo, real estate, I think we need to do uh, right analysis correctly. Check, I mean, about the economical, financial feature of the country, of course. How is the currency is changing? Is it stable or not? This is we we thought it cannot be worse. Came worse the currency. So it's, well, as I mentioned, I mean, okay, the value of the apartment it can maintain later on because of the inflation, but income because you cannot increase. I mean, you need to t- uh, put yourself to the tenant's location. If you are living in an apartment, if you are paying rent, your salary is not increasing that much. So you need to think. I mean. So, of course, we are not able to increase the rent. So, it's we lost 50% of our expected value. It was the worst ever worst. So, it's <laughs> push our plans. This vineyard plans to the future. Exactly. So, and that's what happens about worst investments is they, they change our plans. So, how would you summarize the lessons that you learned from this experience? Very good. We shouldn't invest... In my opinion, of course, this is personal mm-hmm. opinion, but this is what I learned. Even there's a risk, better to put invest the money to another sector also, not real estate. Or if it is real estate, 
you can buy if you can of course from another country or if you cannot then buy another thing invest to the energy invest to some you need to check double check because it was be my second biggest mistake my brother in turkey he owns a, a company he's doing automation he has got 140 employees he's the owner of his electrical engineer so we were planning to invest on the solar energy but then he, luckily we didn't start it he informed me that there are now many investors and the demand is not much and the price are going down same in thailand by the way mm. yes in um, just two years everything has changed two years ago there was not many investors just four or five now maybe 500 i mean there are many everybody is investing so uh, i cannot imagine you establish a company here you own stuff office etc and um, yeah i mean so what we that lessons i learned uh, of course before investing so i'm doing more studies about what i need to invest and i'm trying to avoid investing to do one sector definitely and it should be i think it's better to make it at least 50-50 mm. and there should be also some investments on the risk items if you don't take risk then yeah i mean we should get but of course you need you can reduce the risk percentage yep. like 10 percentage 20 percentage you can invest some stock market in different markets in us it can be yeah i mean different sectors definitely <laughs> this is what i learned uh, yeah. it was an expensive lesson but it's okay i mean health is more important this is another lesson learned i mean in any case we should be positive i mean yep. in any age we can work we shouldn't think oh i need to work uh, okay vineyard but it, this is another thing also, there are many vineyards now, everyone, mm-hmm. everyone wants to have a vineyard produce wine so, of course it will be it was planning to have a hobby and planning to also sell but it also became popular right. yeah okay so let me summarize what i took away from your story first of all you remind me of my guest attila who was a, a friend of mine is, is a friend of mine and uh he was episode 15. So for those people who think that I'm the worst podcast host today, I was really, really worse, worse, worse back then when he and I talked. But he had made an investment in an energy-related business, and then the government changed the policy related to how it was paid, and he and his partners lost pretty much you know, most of their money. And so a couple of takeaways. The first thing is that most people are investing in their home country, and most people aren't traveling around and all that. They're just living in their home country. They're going to retire in their home country. And therefore, the concept of the currency risk is not a big thing, right? I mean, nobody wants to live in a country where the currency is devaluing or depreciating because then they just can buy less foreign things and maybe inflation is going up. But even if that's happening, you can still survive in your own country. But when you invest outside of your country and now you're kind of an international citizen making an investment back into your home country. Now you have two investments. The first is you have to buy the, buy the currency of that country, and then you buy the underlying asset. And I think many people kind of forget about this. And you could have a great gain on the investment, the underlying asset, but if the currency devalues, you know, and you know, Turkey's an example where there was a huge devaluation. Thailand had a huge devaluation back in 19... 19- 97. Russia had a huge devaluations over time. And these are, you know, markets that can be hit very hard. So I think the first thing is about understanding that you're investing in a currency and an asset. The second thing is just the idea that on the surface of it, condos, apartments, property seems like a good investment. 
But, you know, there's some problems. The first thing is that you can have a lot of supply come on stream and all of a sudden your dream of selling that 20 years from now at a really high price is not going to happen. There could be a crisis like we're facing right now where many people are never going to get the, the gain that they thought they were going to get on the house. Also at, on any property. Also, you know, property's got to be kind of in the right place. You know, as you mentioned, was it, I think it was your brother or someone that had a property in a good place or there was a town that it was doing well, you know, you can do well. And sometimes people talk about the gains they're making in those great places, but that's not every place. And then, you know, the other thing to remember is that property is illiquid. You can't just wake up one day and say, I don't want to own this anymore. And then you get out. It takes time. You may have to take, uh, you know, it's just, it's not a liquid asset. And the last thing that's an interesting point is that I believe we're heading into an inflationary period where we're going to experience inflation around the world. And if we experience inflation, a lot of people think that you want to own property. But the reality is, is that most of the time when people think about property, they're thinking about rental. And rental is not a good thing to own when inflation is rising because it's hard to increase the rent. Rent is kind of contractual. But if you're a consumer product company and you just want to increase the prices of your product, you can do that. So when we talk about inflationary periods, owning land and physical assets is some protection against inflation, but not owning necessarily rental property. So I took a lot away from it. There's a lot of things. Anything you would add to the, the things that I just mentioned? Yeah, well, a couple of things also it, it was in, it came to my mind, of course, uh, when we were talking about these things. I mean, what I missed also, this is another thing. It was in both sides for the stock market also. I was thinking, oh, shall I invest into this company or shall I buy an asset from Germany or is it too expensive? Or yeah, exactly. I mean, this is also another thing, the missed chance. Okay, but we shouldn't look from this perspective, of course, because... If you do the right analysis, of course, if you do study, I mean, and you invest, still it's, it can, things can go wrong. Most of the things, I mean, usually it's not in our hand. I mean, you see, I mean, we are talking about global or uh, countrywide economical problems, economical issues, or we can say it's affecting actually our investments. Usually it's this type of investments, of course, mm. we can't talk about. So we should keep positive, of course, then next time we are going to invest, Better to segregate, better to put different sectors and take a little bit small risk also when we are investing. Make it small, but also because you see, we invested on the stable market, we thought, and very low risk because we said in worst case, okay, apartment will be owned by us. You can live there, but you cannot live in the multiple apartments. And there is also payment that you need to pay to the facilities, etc. There are many things and tax, mm. too many things. So This is uh, what I can conclude from my side, Andrew. Yep, and yep. Thanks, thanks a lot, really. It was a very nice topic. It's... So last question. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? Yes, this is also a very nice uh, question. This is my plan since the uh, middle of last year, actually, because we, I said, okay, 2020-2021. I have to, of course, nice projects here in Thailand, which I achieved. I built a command center. But now next step is to manage more countries in terms of like Vietnam, Laos or Myanmar, because this, this is what we are planning to have operation also as a sort of Exo Thailand. And I'm planning to bring my smart city vision, sustainability, knowledge, experiences to these countries also. This is my biggest plan 
exciting. That's exciting. Yeah. All right, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. My number one goal for the next 12 months is to help you, my listener, to reduce risk in your life. So go to myworstinvestmentever.com right now and download the risk reduction checklist and see how you measure up. So as we conclude, Ibrahim, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. And on behalf of ASTOTS Academy, I hereby award you alumni status for turning your worst investment ever into your best teaching moment. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Thank you very much, Andrew. And thank you very much to everyone, all the listeners, all the audience. I can say thank you also in uh, a cup and crap. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, that's a wrap. And as you just heard, that's another great story to help us create, grow, and protect our wealth. Fellow risk takers, this is your worst podcast host, Andrew Stott, saying, I'll see you on the upside.